Anyway, if you will turn with me in your Bibles, you can remain seated right now. If you'll turn to the 23rd Psalm, and we're going to read that whole thing, Psalms 23, 1 through 6. It should be very familiar to you, um, but we'll read it together. It says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thou rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. For the next few moments on this Thanksgiving Sunday, I want to preach from this title, When God Prepares the Table. When God Prepares the Table. There are a few times in the year that I love as much as I love Thanksgiving. Anybody love Thanksgiving? I know that my brother has said Thanksgiving is his favorite holiday. Um, it's just a great time of the year. Um, I love getting to spend time with my family. I love that. I love my family. I love spending time with them. I love kind conversations. I love getting some good deals on Christmas presents. Any shoppers out there? Let's be real, I don't like to pay full price, and this is the time of year to do it. I love getting some good deals. I love getting a few days off work. Praise God, that is the will of the Lord. Um, I know if you work in retail, I'm so sorry for you, Lauren, and did that, and that's rough. Um, but for me, I'm thankful for that. Now, I know everybody does the Thanksgiving meal a little bit differently. Some are very traditional and some are, are non-traditional. Some people are strictly turkey and dressing and pumpkin and pecan. Not pecan, by the way. Pecan. This is the South. Pecan. Two syllables. Pie. Others will venture into new territories with foods that are not typically found on a Thanksgiving menu. Now, I'm not here to tell you that your family does it wrong. I'm just here to say that my family does it right. When we all get together, my parents and grandparents and cousins, some people like it more traditional and some people like it a little more non-traditional. And so we try to find a happy medium between the two. And by that, I mean we cook literally every food on the planet. I'm serious. We cook everything. If at one point it clucked, quacked, mooed, oinked, or gobbled, it's going to find its way on the table somewhere. Thanksgiving at our house looks like a zoo caught on fire. I know the logic of this world tells you that you don't need both hash brown casserole and mashed potatoes and gravy, but the devil is a liar and the father of it. We're getting both them bad boys out there on Thanksgiving. Just like the terrible football game that's always a blowout on Thanksgiving, we don't believe in competition. If y'all like chicken and dumplings and y'all like mac and cheese, we're putting them both out there. Some people want turkey, some people want ham, we got them both. Somebody want duck, 
Who in the world asked for duck on Thanksgiving? I don't know, but I've had it for 28 years. We got stuff that don't even make no sense for Thanksgiving. If somebody in our family has an awesome recipe for that thing, it's got a spot on the table. Stuffed jalapenos, check. Cheese ball, check. Slaw, check. Guacamole, check. Guacamole. Chocolate bread pudding, check. If you made it in 2018 and it was awesome, bring it on down to Thanksgiving. When the Hicks and Curtis and Jones families come together, it is a no-holds-barred Thanksgiving celebration. Um, I'm afraid, you know, I'm a little bit afraid that I'm going to gain these 75 pounds I've lost back in one day. I don't know how that works, but I'm going to go to the doctor, and they're going to be like, what happened? And I'm like, well, I saved up like eight weeks' worth of cheat days, right? (laughs) And this is what it is. But you eat until you can't eat anymore. And then they bring out the desserts, which is the will of God for me. And our family loved desserts even more than we love the other stuff. And I'm here for some dessert. Y'all ain't got to worry about us. Our table will be prepared. Um, But what really makes Thanksgiving so great for me is not all the food, although that's pretty good. Um... But it's the time of year that it happens. Um, And I'm not saying I got it worse than anybody. I'm just saying that this is my job. And for me, the fall is the most busy time of the year for a band director. And when Thanksgiving finally rolls around each year, it's after about four months of 60 to 70 hour weeks, and you are so ready for a break, and you get to sit down with your family, and you get to sit down at the table. And after you've just been through it and been working hard and going through some stuff, it just feels so good to know that everything is going to be all right, at least for a little bit. And it feels so good to be able to look back and say, I'm through with some stuff. And you get to look forward and say, I've got some good things ahead of me. Not to mention you do get to pull your chair up to that table and eat at the table. And if you'll allow me the liberty... This is what, in our text, David is doing as he is writing the 23rd Psalm. He looks back at where he's been, and he looks forward to where he's going, and he looks at the table that God has prepared for him right where he is. And if you'll preach with me just for a few minutes today, God is going to prepare a table also for you today. David starts and says in Psalms 23 verses 1 through 3, he says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. David is giving thanks for the things that God has been doing in his life. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. It's a good thing. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness. This is what God has been doing for me lately. Is anybody thankful that God has kept food on your table? Is anybody thankful that He has given you some peace and rest in your life? Are you thankful for everything that He has provided for you? 
Are you thankful that when you were a sinner, God came in and restored your soul and came in and moved in when you were lost and didn't have a hope in this world? And like David, you can say, God restoreth my soul. When I made a mess of it all, God came in and did a work in my heart. When you were lost and hurting and broken, Jesus stepped in and stepped down from heaven and reached into your life. And it wasn't because you deserved a single thing, but He restored your soul. Is anybody thankful that His Spirit has been leading you in the paths of righteousness? That today you're walking this and living this just a little bit better than you were a few days ago. You're getting... You're able to do some things and live for God better than you could when you first started out. He's leading us in the paths of righteousness. If you want God to prepare a table for you today, we got to recognize what He's been doing for us already. We got to enter into His gates with thanksgiving. We got to enter into His courts with praise. Has God outdone Himself in your life this year? Has He given you clean hands when you got them dirty? Has He given you a clean heart when it got covered in the filth of this world? <laughs> Creating me a clean heart, oh God. Has He done that for you? Has He done a miracle on your behalf? Has He done a miracle on behalf? half of your family? Has he turned bullets? And has he grown bone back? And has he changed bosses' minds? And has he removed tumors? And has he worked out jobs? And has he worked out family situations? And has he blessed marriages? And has he blessed homes? And has he kept your kids safe during wrecks? And has he grown his church? Has he kept your bills paid? Come on, somebody. Has God been good to you? Bless our God, ye people, and make the voice of his praise to be heard. As Psalm 66 and 8 says, make the voice of his praise to be heard. If God did it, you ought to tell it. If God did it, you ought to give him glory for it. It's called thanks thanksgiving not thanksgiving it's called thanksgiving it ain't a secret that God has been good to me it ain't a secret that God has blessed me beyond measure somebody ought to come on somebody ought to have in their heart that I got to tell somebody about how good God is I go to the restaurant and if it's good I'm calling you on the phone and say, you got to go eat at. The Bible says, taste and see the Lord is good. If you want something that's really good, if you want something that's really going to satisfy you, if you want something that's going to take care of your needs, if you want something that you can drink or you'll thirst no more, if you want bread that you can eat, that's going to give you everything that you need for that day and every day forward. You got to hear about Jesus. This is what he's done. This is what he does. And if you want to sit at the table that he prepares for you, you got to know how to enter into his gates with thanksgiving. A lot of folks know how to enter into a church. 
but don't know how to enter into God's gates. People Sunday after Sunday come into a church, but don't enter into the presence of God. They've never learned how to enter into His presence. They come into the church building, and they say, well, I don't feel God, and I don't. my prayers seem to just hit the floor. It's because you're in the church, but you're not in His presence. You've entered into the building, but you haven't entered into His gates. You haven't entered into the gates of God. You come in focused on the problems you have instead of the provision that He's given. You're focused on the sins you've committed instead of the Savior for the sins. But if you will come in with a thankful heart, and if you will come Come in with a thankful spirit and start giving God glory for the things that you do have. No, everything ain't like I like it to be. No, everything ain't perfect. But I'm thankful I'm here with my wife today. I'm thankful I'm here with my family today. I'm thankful for the finances I do have. I'm thankful for the blessings I do have. I'm thankful for the forgiveness I've gotten. I'm thankful for the grace that I've gotten. I'm thankful for the mercy that I received. I'm thankful for the praise that I can give. I'm thankful for the peace that I've gotten. Anybody had some restless nights, but recently you've slept with some peace, thanks to God. If I'll come in thankful for what He's done, It'll change my experience. I'm not coming in here just to come into church. But I'm coming to church to come into God's presence. That's what the song says. It says, when I think about the Lord, how He saved me, how He raised me, how He filled me with the Holy Ghost. Has anybody been filled with the Holy Ghost? Has anybody been healed to the uttermost? Has God ever kept somebody that didn't have no business being healed, but He healed you. Has anybody saved somebody that didn't have any business being saved, but He saved you anyway by His grace? Are you thankful for that? Or have you forgotten? Don't forget His benefits. Don't forget what He's done. Don't magnify your troubles, but magnify the Lord. He brought me out of the miry clay. He set my feet upon the rock to stay. I am who I am today because of what God did yesterday. You are who you are today because of what God did yesterday. We have what we have today because of the provision and things that God did for us and gave to us yesterday. Count your blessings. Name them one by one. Count your blessings. See what God has done got to stop asking God to enter our presence. We don't need to ask God to enter into our presence. That's not Bible. But we're supposed to enter into the presence of God with thanksgiving. He's going to go most of the way. Don't you worry about that. He's the one that's going to make up all the difference. But i got to open that first door. I've got to get into His zip code. And I only can do that with thanksgiving. The father didn't come running to the prodigal in the pig pen. You gotta understand the, the father didn't go to the pig pen. But as soon as the son turned around, the father met him on the road. And sometimes you gotta come to yourself and say, Thank you, Jesus. I had it so good when I was in your presence. 
and God will make the difference. It's not God coming to us, but it's us coming into His presence. It's in order today. It's right today. And it's needed today that we give praise and glory and thanksgiving to God for all that He's done. Amen. That's how the psalmist starts. He says, thanks for what you've been doing in my life. And if we look at verse 6 of Psalm 23, we see that David eventually gives glory for what God will do. He says, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. we got to live with some perspective. If God was good to us yesterday, He's going to be good tomorrow. If He could heal you yesterday... He can heal you tomorrow. If he could do it yesterday, he can do it tomorrow. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. We celebrate and give thanks for the past and for what God has done, but we do not idolize the past. Our thanksgiving for yesterday is not to put yesterday on a pedestal to say that that can never be reached again, but it's to give us faith for our tomorrow. It's to remind us of the goodness and faithfulness of God. Because when we praise God for what He did yesterday, hear me, when we praise God for what He did yesterday, we call that thanksgiving. But when we praise God for what He will do tomorrow, we call that faith. Let that rattle around for a second. When we praise God for what He's done yesterday, we call it thanksgiving. But if I do the same thing and I put that in the future tense, I am living in faith. Thanksgiving in the future tense is faith. As you are thankful for what He has done, you enter into His gates. But as you are thankful to God for what He will do, you please Him. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. I'm not here to meddle today. You can give your offering and and do this however you choose. But when I give mine, I'm going to give it thanking Him for what He's going to do tomorrow. I'm going to give it with thanksgiving. When I get on that text to give that I love so much, I'm giving him thanks for rebuking the devourer on my behalf. I'm thanking him for opening the windows of heaven. I'm thanking him for giving it back, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. That's faith. It's just thankfulness in the future tense. It's just thankfulness that I put toward tomorrow. And if you find that your faith is low, check what you've been giving God thanks for. Check what you've been giving God thanks for. Because thanksgiving in the future tense is faith. Look back over your life. Hasn't God been faithful? Hasn't He been good? Hasn't He blessed you more than you deserve? Hadn't He worked out situations that seemed hopeless? Hadn't He, hadn't he done it for your family already? I'm not saying it's all fixed. It ain't. This is life. It's never all fixed. It's never going to be all fixed. But hadn't He proven Himself time and time and time and time again? I can look 
at that. David says, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Well, how do you know that, David? Well, he knows it because back in verse 3, he talked about how God restored his soul. And if God could restore his soul back then, he can restore it again Tomorrow, David knew that he didn't get everything right in his past. But God helped him get back up. And God forgave him anyway. And God made it right. And even if David didn't get everything right tomorrow or the day after, that same goodness and mercy that came alongside him and restored his soul back in verse 3 would be there to catch him again on the day's Ahead. That's what it means when it says goodness and mercy will follow me. When the, when the Bible says follow, you can look it up for yourself, but this is what it means. Follow is not just like it's walking behind you, but it means chase. Like in the same way you would say, I was followed by a state trooper on the highway. Right? I mean, he's chasing you. That's, that's, the, that's the context. And I think that's how some people live their life, though. They feel like when they make a mistake, it's not goodness and mercy following them. It's shame and it's condemnation. But that's not what David said. I never understood this for a long time. Because what good is goodness and mercy if it's behind me? But this is what David's saying. He's saying, you're going to be running as as hard as you can, but sometimes you're going to make a mistake. But right behind you, goodness and mercy is chasing you. And that first time that you trip up, Goodness and mercy is going to catch up to you and catch you when you make that mistake. It's not condemnation. It's not shame. That's not the will of God for you. If you feel that when you... That's the devil. But when we make a mistake, what catches us, what catches up to us in that moment, David says, is it's it's goodness and it's the mercy of God that's going to restore our soul and put us in a right relationship with Him. That goodness and mercy is there to catch us as we run and walk with God and maybe stumble in the future. Are you thankful for grace that never fails? Are you thankful for the blood of Jesus that still covers every sin in your life? Are you thankful that one day, like David, you will dwell in the house of the Lord forever? Are you thankful for that? That one day all the cares of this world will pass away and that you will dwell in God's presence forever. That you're not going to have to worry about seizures and you're not going to have to worry about tumors and you're not going to have to worry about cancer and you're not going to have to worry about bills and you're not going to worry about drama or issues or family things or or this or that, but you're going to be in the house of the Lord Forever, David gives thanksgiving for his future. He speaks in faith for the things that he knows God will do. But right there in the middle is something so intriguing to me between those two powerful things. He gives thanks for where he is in the moment. Psalm 23, verses 4 and 5. He's talked about green pastures. He leads me by green pastures. I've been by green pastures before. But this is where I'm walking now. Yea, though I walk currently, I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. 
I fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table for me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. What a difference compared to the other parts of this psalm. What a difference compared to those. As if to say, I've been in green pastures and I've been by the still waters and someday I'm going to dwell in the house of the Lord forever. But right now, right now I'm not beside green pastures and right now I'm not beside the still waters and right now I'm not in the house of the Lord forever. If I'm honest with myself, right now I'm in the valley of the shadow of death. He goes on to say, God has prepared a table for me in the presence of mine enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup runneth over. When you compare these to the other parts of this chapter, it's easy to see how somebody might not be very thankful for them. It's easy to see that. Everybody, after all, can be thankful for green pastures. They can be thankful. I'm not saying anybody can be unthankful for stuff too. Some people can find problems with everything. But everybody can be thankful for green pastures and still waters and a restored soul. Come on now. Everybody can be thankful for goodness and mercy that catches you. And everybody can be thankful to be able to dwell in God's presence forever. But how do you give thanks when you're in the valley of the shadow of death? And sure, you got a table prepared, but it's in the presence of your enemies. He's anointed your head with oil, but the enemy always mocks the anointing. You're blessed, but it's in a way that that people don't even understand. Sure, you got enough, but your cup is running over. And that is, after all, a problem. You ever have the waitress come and pour? And pour and pour and pour and pour? We, talk, we always say that's good. But if you ever had a cup that's running over, I never said saw somebody that opened up their Coke or whatever, and it spewed over the top and said, My cup runneth over, praise God. And I, I understand that in the context he means this in a positive way. But I'm saying it's easy to look at this and see the negative side of it. Your cup can run over and you not feel very blessed. You can have a banquet table prepared and not feel very blessed. It's easy to shout about what God has done. And it's easy to shout about what God will do. But are you thankful for today? Are you thankful for the table that God prepared you in the presence of your enemies? Are you thankful for the table that you have? Come on now. Are you thankful for your Thanksgiving feast in the shade of the shadow of death? Are you thankful? Are you thankful for that? Because it's one thing to praise God for miracles that have happened. If you can't do that, something's wrong with you. It's one thing to talk about what God will do. It's another thing to say right now, in the mess that I'm in right in this moment, God is worthy of praise and is worthy of my thanksgiving. Notice that God, God prepared this table in the valley. You ever think about that? 
David didn't find the table in the green pastures. He didn't find the table when he was in the house of the Lord forever. But David made mention of a table that God prepared in the middle of the worst circumstances that you could imagine. He was in the presence of his enemies. It was in the valley of the shadow of death. If God would have prepared the table beside the still waters, probably David would have never appreciated it. If he would have prepared the table in God's presence, he wouldn't have needed it. The Bible says that if we're a doorkeeper in the house of God, we're still going to be joyful. It's not necessary. When you have the king, you don't need the king's table. But when you're in the valley, when you're in the valley, God knows what you need, and he knows when you need the table. God doesn't change the situations that we walk through. We're going to walk through things that are good, and we're going to walk through things that are not as good, and he's not going to change that for you. I'm sorry to say, you're going to walk through some things that are unpleasant. But what I can tell you is that when you're in the valley, God has a table that he's prepared for you. He always gives you the extra care that you need to make sure that you make it through. Not everything is going to be perfect, but don't you dare trust a complainer. Don't trust somebody that can't be grateful for what God is doing. Look, my brother and I, we have a phrase that we use sometimes, and, we, and, and I, we're guilty too. We, we complain. Everybody finds yourself there at some point. But when we see somebody complaining about something that we just feel like isn't really... A, you ever hear somebody do that? They're complaining about something and you're like, I wish that was my problem. You know, I wish I cared what color shirts people wore. I wish... Y'all don't know. That's, but, but we say, you know why they're complaining about that? And then the other one of us will say, because they ain't got no real problems. That's right. When you complain the most is oftentimes when you have the least to complain about. Who knows that that's true, even for yourself? You know that it's true. When you complain the most, you oftentimes have the least to complain about. Sure, a person can complain about their cup running over, but somebody that's been in the valley, that's truly been in the valley, been walking through it, isn't going to complain about it spilling over just a little bit because they remember what it's like not to have a cup at all or have anything at all. If you're really in the valley, you don't care that your enemies are around the table. You're just glad for a place to sit down and rest and enjoy the communion with God. You're just thankful for a place to eat and be refreshed and be renewed. Oh, you can complain about anything you want, but if you've really been going through it, that table that he makes in the valley is just what you need. Most Sundays, we ain't got any seats in here. Our cup is running over. And you can look at that like a problem, but if you do, you ain't got no real problems. And it is a problem. 
it is a problem. But it's not a problem worth complaining over. We can look at it like that, and we can look at it embarrassed, and we can let that affect us, or we can just praise God for what He's done and what He's doing, and that we're seeing people come in and be filled and renewed in the Holy Ghost. And we can praise God that miracles are happening, and the Word is going forth, and people are getting what you need. If you've really been in the valley, you don't care if some of your cup spills over. So what if it makes a mess? So what if it isn't perfect? If you've really been in the valley, who cares about your enemies that are around? Maybe they need a seat too. You ain't worried about that. You just need what you need. Some of y'all are like me and my job. Musicians can come. Some of y'all are like me and my job. You've been going through it for months and months and months. And here it is, Thanksgiving Sunday, and you just need a break. You just need a break. You've been given all that you can give, and you've been doing all that you can do. And sure, you're thankful for what God has done. There ain't a bone in your body that's not thankful that you're here, you're here today and God has done some things for you. You're thankful for what God, God has in front of you. It's not about that. But you've just been through it. Anybody just been through it? I know some of you have. And you've been through it. And you've given and you've prayed and you've worked and you've, and you've just tried and you're in the valley. And, and, and sure, God has been so good to you in the past. And sure, He's going to be good to you in the future. And one day, you'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. But right now, you're in the valley of the shadow of death. It feels like and it feels like your enemies are all around and you just won't. Just want a seat at the table. You just want somewhere where you can sit down and experience the presence of God and feel the peace and the rest and the restoration that He brings. You've walked as far as you can walk, you've given as much as you can give. But can I tell you today that God has a table prepared for you? Be thankful for the green pastures and still waters of yesterday. Be thankful for your eternity tomorrow. But today, in this service, you can experience the presence and the power and the provision and anointing of God. You don't have to thank God for just what He used to do or what He'll do tomorrow. But He's got a table with your name on it today. And when God prepares the table... He does it right. Whatever you need, He's got. If you need grace and mercy, He's got it on the table. If you need peace and you need freedom from anxiety, He's got that for you. If you need healing in your body, He's got it on the table. If you need healing in your spirit, He's got it on the table. If you need... Come on, somebody. If you need healing in your soul, He's got it on the table. If you need some restoration, if you've got a hardened heart, He's got the answer for that on the table. Whatever you need, if some people over there need one thing and you need something else, you ain't got to be worried about if He's got it all. He's got it all on the table today if we can stand together. God wants to do an incredible work in this place. Over the past weeks, He has been healing and delivering and doing just miracle after miracle after miracle. And I can't... 
If their stories won't convince you that God will, I don't know what will. But if you have a need in your life, I would that we would find us a place to pray today. That we would come to God. If you've been going through the valley, I ask that you would come to this table that God has prepared for you today. Right now, I wish we would all find us a place. In Jesus' name, God, that we would find us a place to pray and go to God and experience what He has for us. God has healing for you. He has a renewal outlook for you. He has a thankful heart for you. He has family coming in the church for you. He has miracles for you. He has every possible thing that you can need. Oh, let's find us a place to pray. Dear Jesus, we thank you for what you've done in our lives. We thank you for how you've blessed us and what you brought us through. We thank you for what you've you're going to do in the next days but we thank you even more for what you're going to do in this service right now that you're going to bring people back into your presence that you're going to renew hearts that you're going to renew minds Jesus oh hallelujah